join me right now in just saying fuck 2020. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've, I've, I've never seen a more universal sentiment than fuck 2020, with the exception of 2016. <laughs> I mean, we thought 2016 was bad, Carl. Yeah. Like, and this, uh, this has just been a shit show. But I will say. I'm baffled by the amount of people that are like, yeah, fuck 2020, 2021's going to be well good. And it's like, it's not going to go away tomorrow, you know. Just because the year's changing. So, yeah, um, yeah we can we can open with that. You know what, like COVID-19 has been like, you know, the the dominant headline of pretty much the entirety of this year. Of course. And there is now several vaccines in the works. Um, and did you... they are like on a very slow path to vaccinators, yeah. Yeah, and did you um, happen to see the those calculators where you can work out when you'd be eligible to get the vaccine? I have, but then I like spoke to somebody and they were like, oh, it says that I should be vaccinated two months prior to a frontline care worker. <laughs> so I'm not sure how good that estimation is. Yeah, because I checked mine and it said September. I'm like, well, yeah. that's going to go well, isn't it? And it's just... There's not really much you can do, is there? And then I saw on top of that, oh, there's a new strain of COVID coming out that specifically targets children. Don't worry, though, schools are still open. Yeah, that's the baffling thing, is there's now a super spreader one, and there's one that targets kids, and the UK government had turned around and gone, yeah, let's keep schools open. Yeah. So I'm going to just tentatively throw out there as well, um, fuck the first six months of 2021, just in case. Maybe just fuck 2021. Like, yeah. 2021 may just become 2020 part two. <laughs> we don't know yet, do we? It's gonna be... No, we don't. <laughs> it's like that great meme that went around of like everyone looking at the clock on... Um, well, tomorrow, in fact. Because uh, we're recording this on December 30th, uh, 2020, to date the podcast. So if it's out of date, we apologise. And people listening to this in the smoking wreckage of humanity, that's no doubt going to be all that's left <laughs> in 2021. Just someone looking at the clock and it goes from December 31st, um, 11.59, 59 seconds, and it scrolls and it goes to December 32nd. It's like 2020 <laughs> never ends. There's no escape. Oh, God. Oh, what, what a comedy podcast we run here, Carl. Ah, come on. To be fair, like, we've talked about this. There's not really much we can do, is there? There really isn't. And I think no. we've done our best during just the shittiest year of my life. Well, it's not. To clarify, it's not been the shittiest personal year of my life. It's, it's just, just been, been the worst year that I've lived through, like, yes. worldwide. And it has not been great for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if you're going to do it, Lucas, because, um, to, again, to date this podcast, I am 29 years old, and my birthday is February 2nd. Uh, so Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. And um, I've decided I will turn 30 in about a month. And I've decided, no, I don't. <laughs> you know what? I've been good. I've stayed in. Mm-hmm. I have lost a year of my life, like being good, staying in, social distancing, remaining on lockdown to the best of my abilities. Mm-hmm. And I deserve another fucking year for doing that. So next year I turn 29 again. And the thing is, now that you've said that, I can't turn 29 next month. So you're going to do it as well? Because then that means that I'm the same age as you, Carl. So I've got to skip one year too. Because all of our birthdays are around the same time, aren't they? So I'm going to put this out there for people at home. If you have like a big birthday date coming up and you're feeling the pressure or just annoyed that you won't have your ability to celebrate it or the celebration is going to feel a little hollow, do what I do 
fuck it, I'm not turning 30 next year. I'm turning 29 again, and I'm going to celebrate my 30th birthday in 2022. And I'm going to go, I want to see how long I can carry that on. The thing is, I already had to um, come up with a compromise for Jenna's birthday, which is in the middle of the year. Mm -hmm. And I did like a whole day where I gave her like Monopoly money and was like, we're going to have a a day out, but inside. And like, made like a little cinema room and stuff. And I've now got to think in my head, I've got to make up another cute idea for another lockdown birthday. I'm going to say, Lucas, I kind of wish you'd talked about that on an earlier podcast. I could do that for my girlfriend. That's a really (laughs) fucking good idea. I can't believe what that's amazing. You never spoke about that. I know, yeah. That's such a cute idea. Oh, I'm going to steal that. It's my (laughs) girlfriend's birthday is in December. So, you know what? It's probably going to happen next year as well. Oh, God. We don't even know. I've decided I know I'm not turning 30 next year. And my plan is if the channel is still going um, in 2022, I'm going to be like, this is going to be Carl's 30th birthday bash. (laughs) And throw like a huge fucking party and be like, nah, man, let's just, for everyone who was sensible, this is a party for you. I just want us to have one friend that really wasn't sensible and Carl just sends the invite out. Yeah, you're not coming. No, fuck you. You're not coming. Like all those people that you've seen, like um, over Christmas, like oh yeah, I travelled home. It's like a picture of them, like forty members of their family. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, like I saw what six members of my family and was like, that's that's enough. Mm-hmm. Was like um, that's not... too many households. Like if we add on more people and stuff, and I'm not even sure what like the like the actual rules are about it. But it's like yeah, I'm not. Like, we did our best to sit to the rule and like just do one day and blah blah blah. But yeah, admittedly. I know that it's like not um, not the best idea to just lax the rules for one day, but that's another story. Yeah, that like you know what, well, that's the government's fault. I didn't see any members of my family this year, um, which my family was like they were okay with it, and my mum was fine because she works in hosp- uh, hospitality, she looks hospice care. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then my yeah. dad has like been social distancing for two years like, um, for the past couple of months anyway. Mm-hmm. I was going to say two years then, so he never goes out. But he does, he goes out all the fucking time. <laughs> That's why yeah, he's annoying. He's actually but... been practising for years. Oh, but yeah, like, fuck 2020. And 2021, hopefully, is like, you know, the turning point. And it's... I'm hoping that I get, I get my, my vaccine, my Boris my Boris injections. Yeah. So I can so I can live my life. It's, it's just... probably not going to happen before my birthday, which is why I've, like, unilaterally decided I'm not celebrating my birthday next year. I'm taking it off. Fair enough, and I, yeah, in response, I will not <laughs> turn 30 the same year as you next, the year after. It's going to be one of those joking, I'm not going to be like one of those women. that Who I genuinely uh, gets, like, offended about their age and shit. No, it's, gonna, it's a joking thing of, like, the 30th birthday is supposed to be like a big celebration. And it's like, oh yeah, you've reached, like, you know, the halfway point of, like, your working life at least. Yes. Like, you know, you're, like, you're not by full, the time we fucking retire. Come we're going to find... <laughs> it's like you're an adult now, and it's like I don't feel like that celebration's going to be all that fun. So, ju- and it's a bit weird to say I'm celebrating my thirty first birthday, and making a big deal out of it. Exactly, yeah. So I'm just going to do that thing of like, oh, well, I'm going to have a belated thirtieth birthday celebration because it gives me an excuse to invite a bunch of people over. Because if yeah. I say, oh, you're invited to my thirty first birthday, I'd be like, what? That's not a big deal. It's like it fucking is. Oh god. Oh yeah, I but- get what you mean, but. Looking back on the year, though. Trying to figure out a 30th birthday of any sort of deal in lockdown is just not happening. Yeah, so uh, looking back on 2020, Lucas, um, I I guess 
Let's like it's, it's, keep it positive. Comedy podcast, after all. But like, have you got any highlights from this year? Like, maybe not from your own life, but just like something that happened this year that was a good thing. For, well, like, I, like for you, I think you're very aware of this. Is I quit my job in hospitality, working at Nando's, and fuck yeah, started working with uh, you and the Fat Fiend crew full time. Yeah, so that's that's not that bad, is it? Like, um, um, I guess. F- f- yeah, I don't know how to say that. I was expecting to say, oh, a video game came out that you liked or something like that. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't expecting to be like, oh, yeah. I mean, so, to uh, be fair, I've had a real fun time watching Cyberpunk Crash and Burn. Oh, mate. Like, we That's thought... been hilarious, because I just didn't really care about the game. No. But just seeing the absolute shit show, it's, it's really brightened up my December. Yeah, I thought that the conversation we had about it two weeks ago would have been like you know succinct enough and like comprehensive <laughs> enough and it's the new fallout 76 it really is, is like every day everywhere. there's a new story there has indeed yeah like um, i'm just gonna google right now cyberpunk 2077 on google and i'm just gonna put on the news tab so let's have a look what the news is for cyberpunk 2077 shall we so we've got here um, cyberpunk fans discover the game has one truly useless perk. The cyberpunk 2077 creators are now being sued by investors for false advertising. That went wrong very, very fast. Cyberpunk 2077, European sales plummet after launch issues. Um, class action suit filed over CD Projekt by investors. Oh my god. Cyberpunk DLC uh, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 launched an official DLC webs, uh, website. Oh, they haven't. Uh, and then we have here the New York Times. I think this sums it up. Like it's a paper that big. Yeah. It's like Cyberpunk 2077 was supposed to be the biggest video game of the year. What happened? <laughs> and then below that, the BBC Cyberpunk 2077. How did the release go so wrong? God. That's like the BBC. Yeah, when mainstream publications are writing an article about your game and it's, how is it this bad? And then just below that from Forbes, Cyberpunk 2077 is fine. Really? That doesn't really look, it doesn't sound like it's fine when that is flanked by the BBC saying, how did it go so wrong? And PC <laughs> Gamer Magazine saying, class action lawsuit filed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but Lucas, it's fine. It's fine. Like, that game has been the gift that keeps on giving. And to clarify, I'm not laughing at the developers of the game, and I'm not laughing at the people that got swindled and bought the game thinking it was going to be great. I'm just laughing at the fact that this game has been hyped up for eight years, and they couldn't just make it right. Yeah. They, they, They wanted money now. And fuck those people at the top that just went push it out. And I'm not sure if I mentioned this on the last podcast, but have we discussed low sodium cyberpunk? No, but is this the Reddit thing? Okay, so I'm gonna like as you might imagine, folks at home, if you've listened to the previous podcast and just you know the last minute of our conversation of <laughs> the headlines and the news and the general feeling around cyberpunk is negative. I'm not gonna say overwhelmingly negative because I will. I mean, this is a vocal minority, but all of the discussion of this game has been dominated by negativity and how bad it is and just how like fundamentally flawed and broken and just, it's it's a whole shit show. Yeah, and there's a lot of people saying that, like, buried beneath 
the bugs and the glitches and the not working and the save states breaking and blah 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 it's a good game especially like you know pc on a high-end thing you know but for the most part most people experiences have, have not been good which is hilarious like because, um, and as you might imagine, folks at home, this kind of dominates discussion about the game. As he does with me and you, Luke, I don't give a shit about the game itself. I love mm. talking about it. Yeah. I love talking about the stuff that's happening around the game. Yes. And the Cyberpunk 2077 subreddit, the official one, that was made many, many years ago when the game was like first properly announced, um, is now just overwhelmingly negative about the game. And he's just full of gifts of the game breaking. You've got like people <laughs> T-posing out of their cars, um, news reports about like, the things we just talked about. Mm-hmm. And salty... And this is one of the things like... Uh, cyberpunk fans who are so salty about the fact that a discussion of the game is so negative have made their own subreddit called Low Sodium... <laughs> Um, cyberpunk, so low salt cyberpunk. Yeah. Um, to say to, for a positive um, spin on the game, it's like this is where you can have positive discussions of cyberpunk. There's just something really ironic to me about the idea of people being so salty they go make a subreddit that's overwhelmingly positive called low sodium, even <laughs> though the existence of that subreddit is born out of saltiness. Yeah, because I was just um, scrolling through Reddit tired one day and saw a picture of like. Oh, behind all the bad news, Cyberpunk is a really good game with like a screenshot of the game. Like, the fuck is this post? It, it looks like an app, doesn't it? Was it? Like, it, it was the low sodium um, Cyberpunk, now that you mentioned it, I've remembered. But. And the thing is, every single post that like makes it to the front page of Reddit looks like a fucking advert. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of those things where um, we talked about briefly in... Um, uh, at the last podcast we did about how it is the most non-punk thing ever that people are coming out to defend this massive company. Yeah. And one of the ones um, that cracks me up is, I think I sent it to our group chat, where it is someone puts, oh, the cyberpunk gameplay sucks, does it? Here's me running around with the Mantis blades, which oh, are yeah. an, an upgrade you get for your cyberpunk character where they have blades in their arms. And it looks like Skyrim gameplay. It really does. And okay, they might be having fun playing that game, but put that next to a GIF of like Doom Eternal. Yeah. Someone playing Doom Eternal well and just realise how weird and floaty and unresponsive the combat is in Cyberpunk. Yeah, it's like the lot of... Like, like the way I come up with it, it looks like someone in Skyrim because... Um, it's a cool idea on paper mm-hmm. of like, oh yeah, you have blades that come out of your arms. So you're running around like Baraka. Yeah. And but in practice, it's just sh- the gameplay looks like the man waving his arms around as people just ragdoll to death in front of him, and then just backflip onto the ground and stop moving. <laughs> because and, uh, it's just the guy running, flailing his arms at super speed. And walking into people that, as you say, just ragdoll to the ground. Yeah, I've got the gif up right now. And it is just, <laughs> he runs in and he just like, oh, he's just slapping people. And then you get a baked in canned animation of the person being stabbed with the mantis blades. During which you can see the model for the person's hands go through the NPC he's killing. <laughs> and the thing is, the guy's even gone to the effort of putting it in slow motion to try and show how good it looks. And all it does is highlight how bad the hit detection is. Yeah. And as you say, it, 
It's not broken, but it does give off real like Skyrim vibes, but a little bit faster. Yeah. And then uh, that's why I said like com- compare it to something like Doom. Where I think the term I would use for Doom is like visceral. Yes, like. And you compare, like, uh, the animations you have, like, when someone's playing Doom really well. Mm-hmm. And you see them flying through the area, like, just demolishing demons in, like, 60 frames a second. It looks fucking <laughs> yeah. incredible. And then, so, or, like, even something like Devil May Cry 5, which yeah. you see me play. And it's, like, when you get into, like, the flow of combat in that game. And you are getting, like, particle effects flying out of every enemy as you are, like, slow motion stingering across the level as fucking thumping techno plays in the background. <laughs> and one of my favourite things about this, though, is the majority of the posts, I've just gone onto Low Sodium Cyberpunk, and I'm now, like, filtering by top posts. Mm. So many of them are just um, people posting memes about how good their PC is. Oh, God. And then people unironically being like, yeah, I agree. Like, there's <laughs> a, a piss take one here of, me, when my 5K PC demolishes a $300 console running Cyberpunk, and it's a picture of Captain <laughs> Holt from um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine going, Vindication, and clearly, that is supposed to be like a piss take of the people going, but my $5,000 PC runs it fine, why is everyone bitching about this game? Exactly. And it is literally the top, um, second top post in low-sodium Cyberpunk behind... Um, cyberpunk gameplay sucks yeah sure and it is a guy floating around with a gun jumping and shooting people and like you said <laughs> it looks worse than Doom Eternal mm-hmm. and the best is oh, you can tell the guy tried to do something really cool so I'll send you the git I'll send you the, the post now okay yeah so let's um, uh, get this now I'll send it to you and the funny thing about it is is the guy very clearly tries to do like a handbrake turn at the start, and then jump out of his car. But because the car getting in and out of animation is so bad, you see him clip through his door as his car crashes into a wall. (laughs) And this is supposed to be the best representation of this game. Here you go, Lucas. I'm having a little uh, click on it now. 36,000 upvotes. And I don't think anything says that this is low sodium. Nothing says we're not salty, like desperately trying to tell me that the game is good. Oh, God, yeah. I've just You're seen just like, that handbrake turn. And it's really bad. And this is like, the best gameplay he could capture. And it it really just... It looks very boring. It yeah. looks like running quickly in any shooter I've ever played. And none of the gunshots seem to have any impact whatsoever. Not really. Like, There's a couple of good shots he gets off, but for the most part, it it looks very okay. Like, it doesn't uh, look at the same level as when I play, like, Destiny well or when someone's playing Doom Eternal well. It does not compare well to an actual first-person shooter. Yeah, it's almost like it shouldn't be a first-person shooter. Mm. But like, that's the funniest thing about it to me. That It's like, yeah, the gameplay sucks. Here's me absolutely kicking ass in this game. And it's just like a car that looks like it controls straight out of Grand Theft Auto 3, yeah. sliding around as a guy his model clips out of the car and holds like a machine gun. It looks like he's made out of fucking drain pipe. And I love how like one of the top posters is this cyberpunk or Quake. <laughs> you don't like Quake has great gameplay, but it does not look good in motion because the whole point of Quake is that it's like a twitch shooter. Mm-hmm. So it looks like uh, on PC, like it's um, like when you watch like Counter Strike. Yeah, 
those kind of games where, yeah, the game like the gameplay is good if you're good at it, but it doesn't mm. look visually impressive because all it is is a floating gun just pinpoint accurately like popping people from across the map. Oh god. Like if that's the best of what you've got and it looked fine. That's the best. That's the best representation they've found. Of, of this game. Oh yeah, this looks amazing and it just looked okay. And yeah. that's always kind of the the um the downside of having a game that is Skyrim Fallout Cyberpunk esque of mm-hmm. we want to be big open world RPG, but also a first person combat game, and it's like both sides kind of suffer because of the lack of focus. Yeah, and it's just it's just really funny to me though that um, in response to like everything about the game being negative, they're like, no, look, it's not all bad. Look how good it is, and everyone's like, that looks okay. Yeah. <laughs> It looks fine. <laughs> it looks fine. And like the only reason we're making fun of it is because like they are putting this forward like this is speed run of Doom, or like um, this is a Destiny like team wipe or something like that. And well, it's I was like, gonna say um, it's nothing like the speed run of Doom because that's just mainly out of bounds and doing nothing. To be fair, that looks exactly like Cyberpunk gameplay that I've seen. <laughs> of people popping out of bounds and not actually playing the game properly. Because I got so disappointed, and we brought it up in the past when I clicked on like the uh, AGDQ or whatever speed run of Doom, and it's just hopping out of bounds. It's twenty six minutes, and like twenty four of those are just being out of bound walking on pipes. Yeah, so I'm a huge, huge fan of the Devil May Cry series, for example. Um, there was a AGDQ, um, awesome games done quick of Devil May, the first Devil May Cry, and Devil May Cry is a game where you are encouraged by the game design to do the coolest, most stylish, free-flowing combos that you can. Mm-hmm. And um, you are incentivized in-game to get like, a high style rank, and your style rank is improved and increased by um, uh, differentiating your movements and what you do in combat and not getting hit and being cool and awesome yeah. and stylish, and to the point where that series literally invented the, the sub-genre of character action, stylish character action. Yeah, and the playthrough is a guy repeatedly doing the same move over and over and over again because it does the most damage, oh. and then running past every single encounter. And then I distinctly recall halfway through the playthrough that he does. He goes, "If you're a fan of Devil May Cry, um, this doesn't have a lot of people who speed run it. Maybe you want to join our um, <laughs> speed running uh, community." It's like if you're a fan of this series, you're gonna fucking hate this speed run because you don't get to play the game. Yeah, that is a weird one. It goes from being a character action game into just a bad platformer. And that's really weird. That's it, Again, with the Doom thing, it just defeats the point of why the game is enjoyable in the first place. Yeah, and it's uh, you know it's impressive in its own way. It is, yeah. When you see something like, oh, if you're a fan of Doom, maybe you want to speedrun the game. It's like, well, I'm a fan of it. I want to play it, not break it, and just sit through what is essentially a cutscene. It's not the same as watching something like a Mario speedrun or Super Metroid speedrun, you know, the infamously one of the best fucking speedrunning games. Where it is like, this is a person who has absolute mastery over the game's mechanics and a complete yeah. understanding of how it works. And you are going through the world as fast as possible with those like complete mastery of the mechanics and, and some useful glitches as well, admittedly. 
But and my head canon for those has always been that's what the game would be like if the character was actually playing it themselves. <laughs> so uh, in my head, the story of Super Metroid is as if a speedrunner was playing a Samus Aran, where it is she flies through and in less than an hour she's fixed everything. <laughs> like in less than an hour she's defeated every boss without being hit once. That's my version of what happens in that game. Yeah. That's how Samus Aran fucking did it. Same with Doom. Like, when you see, like, not speedrun tech, but, like, um, high-level gameplay of people play it on the hardest mode, and it is just Doom guy rocket-propelling himself around the arena, <laughs> instant, like, quick-scoping everybody with a railgun, and tearing demons apart with his bed. That's what Doom guy is actually like in my head. Yeah. Oh, God, it's amazing. But Just, like, have you got... Other than obviously the Super Metroid, have you got a favourite speedrun to watch? Um, Breath of the Wild. Like games like that. Breath of oh, the yeah, Wild. True, true. Um, games that can be broken in really just in interesting ways. Like Breath of the Wild has a lot, um, a lot of the Fallout games. Oh yeah. yeah. Like Fallout, Oblivion, Skyrim. Like um, we just talked about breaking out of the world and it not being interesting. It is interesting in Oblivion because the way you do that is you pick up an object with the games like grab mechanic and then you stand on top of it and then you jump on top of the object while levitating it with your mind in front of your body (laughs) and you use that to jump out of bounds and again in my head i'm imagining like oh dragonborn we need you to save the world and they just see the dragonborn um levitate a cup in front of his face and teleport out of the world with it it's like (laughs) that's the fucking dragonborn all right (laughs) oh god yeah i do stuff like that. that Or like uh, Metal Gear Solid. It's like uh, you're playing as the greatest soldier who ever lived. And the mm. Metal Gear Solid speed run is like an hour and a half long. And it's like, Snake, you need to go fight like these five um, super soldiers with powers. One controls bees, one turns invisible. Yeah. Um, one is a legendary sniper from like World War Two, And it's like an hour later, Snake's done it with a handgun. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, fucking hell. I just, because uh, I, I saw uh, Metal Gear Solid 2, I watched a little bit of that speedrun once, and it was, oh yeah, um, this guy comes around this corner with this vision cone, so I can run around this way, and then I need to take this guy out and blah, blah, it's, that's how fucking Snake would do it. Yeah, he would be in there and out of there in like 10 fucking seconds. He's like, you know what, I've walked into this room, I know where every soldier is and exactly what they're about to do straight away. <laughs> that's the greatest soldier ever fucking live right there. <laughs> So the Metal Gear Solid um, uh, 2 one, where it's um, Raiden fighting a Harrier jump jet. And it's like, oh, well, it's really difficult. So if people don't know Metal Gear Solid 2, you fight a Harrier. So it's you, man with gun, fight this (laughs) bleeding edge piece of military technology being driven by, I shit you not folks at home, the President of the United States. (laughs) And it is. You've got to fight him and then... When I was watching the speed, I was like, well, there's a glitch in the game where when you're going in and out of cover, you're invincible. Mm. And the iframes are so abusable, you can do this. And he just, it's Raiden, stood as a Harrier is unloading missile after missile into his penis, just casually going in and out of cover, being completely invincible. It's like, that's a soldier who would inspire some fear. It is. When you... Or the, um, the one in Metal Gear Solid 3. Where you fight this Shagahod with rocket launchers, but if you and swap instant... the weapon in and out, it instant reloads. It's like, that's solid snake right there. But <laughs> that's it's not, naked. It's, it's, it's naked not like snake. naked snake, sorry. It's just, 
you just see a man reloading an RPG in one quarter of a second. <laughs> just boop. It's like, yep, okay. I can buy that he's the greatest soldier that ever lived. That's a fucking man right there. So good. I love games like that. And, um, oh, here's one for you. Like speaking of like video games and like them being played awesomely. Um, mm. What video game do you think delivers most on the promise that is given to you from the box art? Because um, I'm thinking of Doom. Do you know when you look at the cover of Doom, that iconic one of Doom guy <laughs> yeah. holding a demon by the throat with a shotgun mm-hmm. as like infinite demons are coming up to attack him? And I think it took a while, but we did eventually get that experience given to us by Doom. In 2016's Doom, do you mean? Yes. Like we finally had that experience of this is what it would be like if everyone in hell was after you at the same time. And, and I you love got that to that was like the cover art of Doom 2016 as well. Just a really yeah, hard version. Uh, the, it wasn't the official cover art. Do you remember that? Wait, no, what? Okay, so people don't know. Uh, Doom 2016. So Doom, the original cover is iconic. It is Doom guy in hell ripping apart demons with his bare hands with a sh- super shotgun. It's like, it's a heavy metal album cover come to life. Yes. And um, when Doom 2016 came out, um, there was a revamped version of that. That was the cover for the game. But that wasn't the original cover, Lucas. The original cover was this one, if you remember. Oh, it's just that boring one of the Doom Slayer just stood in front of the word Doom. Stood holding a gun. It's that one, yeah. And the story behind the scenes is that so many people made fun of how boring and generic that was. They quickly threw together the reversible side because they realised how shit and generic the game looks when it is just man holding gun. And then they re-released it, or like released the reverse one. And then I've just seen here that the Switch version had that. Yeah, had the actual like yeah, the holding a, th- a demon up by the arm. And I don't think anything sums up how generic and forgettable it was, and the fact that you literally forgot that it was the original cover. Yeah, exactly. You literally forgot that the cover <laughs> was bad at first because that's how forgettable it was. By definition, actually forgettable. Like, it's so weird that they did that. Like the f- that Doom cover was so fucking metal. Yeah, and well, I'm, I'm baffled it... in my head that you forgot. I a forgot and b they thought that original cover was a good idea. It's generic, isn't it? No one really gives a fuck. But, but Doom uh, like, should not be generic. Exactly. Like, Doom invented the first person. I know it didn't invent it, but it helped define what it would eventually come to be. Yeah, because obviously you do have um, some things before, it, like Wolfenstein and shit like that. But, yeah, but like, Doom was Doom like really the, popularized the FPS. Uh, installed on, famously installed on more PCs than Windows 95. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Don't anyway, question but, it. But in that uh, vein, Lucas, like, any games you think deliver on the promise of the cover to their game. So I was just thinking about Doom Thought. Like, you look at that, and that's an image, and you think, there's no way you can do that in-game. And then you mm. fucking do it in-game. And I would say that, you know, back to a game we mentioned a minute ago, Breath of the Wild. I just, was thinking then, yeah. It's a really, like, plain cover, but the sense of, here is Link stood on top of a cliff edge. The cliff so edge like to start the game... And then all that's behind Ling is just a giant overworld ready for okay, him to yeah. explore. 
I was about to say, yeah, if you want to just describe it, it is it's um, Link, the hero of the wild, is it in that game? He is in that game, yeah. Just stood on a rock looking out onto just like an infinite expanse of wilderness. Yeah. And I just I, I thought that was the other one that popped into my head of like that really does capture and I, the to spirit clarify, of the game. I think like the EU version that we got is very bad, but the the proper one where you're saying where he stood on top of the rock. Oh, I believe that, that was the US one. And that's uh, the really good Breath of the Wild. Oh. oh, the one that we got of him looking back at the camera. Yeah, that's the poor one where I think it doesn't quite sell it as well. It's it doesn't not quite bad. capture the scale of the no, world. No, it doesn't. No. And then well, I think the other one is like Super Smash Bros. Oh, yeah. Where it is yeah. just the Super Smash Bros. cover is like 40 different fucking characters kicking the shit out of each other. Like, yeah, that's what Smash Bros. is. Um, I think as well, like, um, the 64 Smash Bros. artwork. Have you seen that no, one? I'm not, I, um, I've probably seen it, but I don't remember it. So, Smash 64. Let's have a quick look. Folks at home, join in. Oh, yeah. It's like a little cartoony one. It's a cartoony it. one where it's like... Duke um, it out. Duke it out. And it's got, like, Zap and Biff on the cover art. as like, Mario's kicking Pikachu. Fox is just punch Samus. Yeah, like, that's, uh, that looks like fan Samus. art. It does, but I think that it really That looks like sells. a fake one someone made. It really does sell just Nintendo characters are kicking the shit off each other, though. Well, the whole impetus for the the game, like, is it supposed to be a, a kid playing with their action figures? Yeah. Like, that's why the final boss... If people have played Smash Bros and you're wondering why the final boss is a hand, um, it's because um, Smash 64 established as that. It is toys on a bedroom floor being picked up by a kid. Mm-hmm. And playing with the toys. It is literally just like a kid smushing together his action figures. Yeah. And that's why Master Hand and Crazy Hand are the final bosses. Because it's like, you know, the toys fighting the creator. Exactly, yeah. And I just always love that idea of like, yeah, just fuck it, put them all in. Yeah. And oh, that is I what forgot. Smash Ultimate became. Literally f- put everything fucking in. I forgot as well that um, Pikachu's model... My God, Luke, I've just got an image now. It's the cast of Super Smash 64. <laughs> or Smash 64. Like, I forgot that Pikachu looked like this. Folks at home, Google Smash 64 Pikachu. Look at him. He's <laughs> <laughs> like just two polygons stuck together. Yeah, it literally looks like a giant ball with just a couple of like single polygon appendages attached. It's like, I miss fat Pikachu. Oh, Fat Pikachu so good, and like Fat Pikachu is the best Pikachu. He may be the greatest Gigantamax Pokemon that exists. <laughs> Just so fucking wide. <laughs> Just the wideness of this boy. So oh, fun. and I love just looking at games where you have the just ultra low detail version of them, and it's you know what Super Mario, Super Smash sixty four's models are very low poly, but they do the job. And as well, there's a lot of charm to them. There's, there's a lot of charm to them, and I love um, watching one, like videos on YouTube and stuff where it's like, oh, here's what the model from like Mario in Mario Kart DS looks like, where he's got no legs and he's about four blocks. <laughs> but it works. It works. It and does just enough to sell it. There's a lot of um, work that goes into making something um, simple enough. Um, simple and yet detailed enough where you can recognize it and it's mm-hmm. um, I forget what the name of it is but it's a theory in um, uh, character design and I've, I've never been able to find out exactly what it is but you must have seen those images where it is um, here is a character broken down into four colors 
Oh, right, yes. I've right, you've got the one. Let's yeah. right, so see if I can find it now. Characters broken down in colours. As Carl just punches his keyboard. Yeah, oh man. I, I should probably get a better keyboard because I type a lot, don't I? Yeah. Because, and as well, my keyboard is like a, a base, just Logitech keyboard. So Same it's not mine, that yeah. great. So I guess the people out there are like, oh man, you need to get a mechanical keyboard. Get a mechanical keyboard, it's better. All it's I like, want is just something that's quieter. Um, I don't appear to be able to find it, but it is um, it's a something that shows you like um, just character design. Yeah, and he's like, "This is how iconic." Oh, this is why um, how you make a simple um, iconic character. It's like Superman, and they show you it's like um, um, brown on top, then white, then red, then blue, or something like that. And oh, like, this okay. is a visual representation of this character. It's like you can tell it's Superman at mm-hmm. a glance. You can yeah. tell it's Batman when it's like black, yellow, black, yellow, or something like that. Mm. And uh, the other way I've heard it put is um, a character design to be good um, needs to be able to be drawn by a five-year-old, but then anyone can tell what the character is from that drawing. Mm-hmm. So, I, for example, like Pikachu is a great example of this, where a fi- any five-year-old who is uh, passingly familiar with Pokemon could draw Pikachu. Yeah, because essentially all you need is, what, like a yellow circle with little red pouches and then a lightning tail coming off it. Yeah, and any adult looking at that picture, no matter how badly it was drawn, would be able to tell that that is Pikachu. Mm-hmm. And then you compare that to something like um, a series that I really do like, Tekken. I oh, fucking yeah. adore Tekken. But like the character designs that they've just got, they're so fucking messy because they did the thing that like, I hate that they do with the characters of, let's just put more and more stuff onto this character. Yeah. To the point where they are so over-designed, they cease to like look good, at least in my opinion. So, for example, I sent you a picture now. This is Jin from Tekken 7. Describe Jin from Tekken 7 to me. Fucking hell. That's Jin. Jin Kazama, like the, the poster uh, boy. So, he's like muscular man with black hoodie, open chest jacket. He looks like a Sonic OC, doesn't he? Just Shirtless like... with like glowing bright red maybe demon arms, I'm not sure. Here's the thing though, Lucas, right? Can you pick out any individual aspect of his costume that is iconic or memorable? No, like the arms stand out a little bit, but I couldn't really describe what they are in any way, whereas Jin, shirtless man with flaming pants. I was just about to say, here's Jin Kazama from Tekken 3. Is that an easy, like, would you know that's Jin? Yeah, shirtless man, flaming pants. Because it's like, you know what? It's simpler. Spiky hair. It's simpler, but it works better, in my opinion, because it's memorable. And it's and I was going to bring up another second three character that kind of done that too, of Harang. Oh, yeah. It's just a white guy in a gi with floppy red hair. Uh, I was going to say, I think Harang is technically Korean. Okay, yeah. He he, he just looks white because that's He looks white because of second three. Uh, So apologies for that. He's a Korean guy in a gi with floppy red hair. Yeah. Then they made him like weird biker man with 80 accessories. Like... Yeah, and then, and then in Tekken 7, I've got a picture of him in Tekken 7 here. He no longer has the iconic red hair that he used to have. Uh, he now has black hair with a red streak in it, a cape, um, biker jeans with a chain, and an eye patch that he doesn't need to wear. <laughs> and it's just, why did they do that? His character looks so nondescript. It looks like... It's over-designed to the point it's no longer interesting. Mm-hmm. And I don't get it. I don't understand why they did that to his character. 
He's like no. Paul Phoenix. Like, I'm guessing oh, yeah. Paul Phoenix Guy is arguably... red gi with tall, blonde hair. I'm guessing anyone out there who's even passionately familiar with video games knows what Paul Phoenix looks like. And even if you don't know who I say when I say Paul Phoenix, if I say guy with the big eraser head, blonde hair, you know that that's Paul fucking Phoenix. And did you ever see... The guy with a blonde pillar on top of his head. The giant fucking thing. But did you ever see what they made him look like in Tekken 4? Uh, I will have done, but I can't really remember now. Okay, so I'm going to send you what he looks like in Tekken 4 because it's fucking brilliant. Uh, 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 and so you know, like, like uh, Paul Phoenix is just the man in it. You know what fucking Paul? You know what that? No matter what he wears, as long as he has that haircut, it's Paul Phoenix. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This in Tekken Four, this is what they did to him. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> they make him wear his hair down. He stopped where he stopped wearing his hair up, and he's just guy with dirty blonde hair and he looks so fucking generic and i love that in the storyline for that game they say the reason he starts wearing his hair down is because he becomes rich and famous from winning tekken 3 because i think tekken 3 he he beats everyone in tekken 3 like he comes in right at the last second or something like that and beats ogre i don't know if that's like something like that and he becomes famous and as a result stops giving a shit about martial arts and his um arcade ending is him walking down the street with like a couple of models mm. seeing a poster of himself in his like Tekken 2 outfit <laughs> on the like a wall of a dojo and getting so mad that he's not a badass anymore that he leaves the girls on the street and goes and puts his hair back up <laughs> and I just like the idea that Paul Phoenix like the eraser head haircut he's just in he's ingrained yeah so if he doesn't have that haircut he's not ready for martial arts because that was one thing that got me playing to um, kind of place my knowledge of Tekken is I played a lot of Tekken three, mm-hmm. as and a lot then of people did. Moved over to Tekken four and was like, okay, this game sucks. It's not great, and then just kind of fell off of the series quite a bit. Yeah, because Tekken four nearly killed the series because it was just so bad, and they tried to redesign every character. Yeah, and I'm hoping that the next Tekken game goes back to basics and puts everyone's model being back to simpler. With the exception of Yoshimitsu, I don't care what they do. They can make uh, him They as... can do what they want with Yoshimitsu. Although, again, Tekken 3 was cool because he was just crazy robot alien dude with a lightsaber. And I will say that the only good design in Tekken 4 is Yoshimitsu's. And do you remember what it was? Uh, no, I don't. Um... It was this one, Lucas. And this, is, I contend, is the best Yoshimitsu design. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when he's a rhino beetle, but he's got a skeleton skull. Yeah, he's like, he's like oh, it's so fucking good. Flying rhino beetle man with lightsaber. You know what? I'll deal with that. Yeah, that's like the only one in that game that was good. Every other character sucks ass. And I find it really weird as well that um, Yoshimitsu not only has a very different designs through each Tekken, but also in Soul Calibur. Yeah, and it's the same Yoshimitsu. And it's the same Yoshimitsu that wildly changes appearance in every fighting game that he is basically in. Yeah, because I fucking adore Tekken. And the story is like, um, Yoshimitsu is the name of the sword, not the, the character. Oh, okay. And so it's technically the same character because they're wielding the same sword. Mm-hmm. And they all fight with the same fighting style. So that's fucking great. <laughs> and he's the only character I'll admit. You can change his appearance to look however you want because it's so fucking funny. Yeah. I love how stupid he's... It's like King. I don't care what King looks like as long as he wears that fucking Jaguar mask. Yeah. As long as he's got that on, you can make him wear whatever you want. Uh, and that, 
I think it's really weird, but to talk about how a simple, effective design can be ruined, mm-hmm. I'd like to bring up the most stupid character, Voldo. Yes. And even Voldo, like, creepy, weird man that, like, crawls along the ground and hisses at people, can be ruined by over-design. Yes. And, but the thing is, though, I kind of like, though, the more they lean into his creepy S&M thing. Yeah. It got funnier every single time, because it went all the way around to starting to be funny again. Especially with all, like, the character creator nonsense you can do oh, in yeah, those yeah. games. And I will admit, one of the best things <laughs> you can do in that game is when you go in and you go to the character creator and you put on, like, the furry tail and you swap it around so it looks like they've got a huge <laughs> furry penis. And then and you... give them Voldo's moveset. <laughs> then you just go towards the enemy and crotch thrust. <laughs> it's the best fucking thing. If anyone ever... doesn't know who Voldo is, he's a man dressed in bondage gear that just, like, as you say, just waist thrusts himself along the ground while wearing giant spiky claws. Yeah, and he is completely um, uh, blind. And his backstory is actually kind of cool where he is the... Like, he's the hand servant or something for, like, an old rich lord who died. And oh, he just okay. be- he's, he, he goes crazy and he just wants to protect the gold horde. <laughs> and his fighting style is that he straps knives to every part of his body and then fights with every aspect of his, like, body. That's why he has the weird, like, flowy move style and why his yeah. outfits are all, like, look like bondage gear. Because he straps <laughs> knives to, like, his penis and stuff like that so he can attack you with his dick. <laughs> Have you ever seen like some of the character designs people have done in Soul Calibur? I've seen some of them, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to send you one right now, Luke, because I want you to just describe what they are. Because some of them are great. This works great for a character for a of audio only podcast. I'm going to be honest. It is, yeah, and it's um, a character named Pika, and it is a very, very, very buff man who's completely yellow with bright red cheeks. And little Pikachu ears and a yellow tail. And the thing is, though, Lucas, going back to what we talked about, uh, do you recognise that as Pikachu? Exactly, yeah, I do. Exactly. The moment I saw this weird, buff, yellow, naked man, I knew it was Pikachu. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to keep sending a target. And Carl sent me another one of just a big, buff guy wearing um, a box on his head, a plain blue T-shirt and purple shorts or pants. And it's like, Steve from Minecraft. Of course it is. Like, so, like, I will be honest, right? When I go into this game and people come out, like this, I, I saw someone fighting me as this one here specifically and I lost my fucking shit. And just describe it to people. Because like, like, you can download these. Is <laughs> um, a character called Pistachio. And it's a green naked man with a turtle shell covering his body both from the front and back. So he looks like a pistachio shell. So he looks shell. like a giant pistachio shell. He's fucking... It's like... It's so good. I um, I remember when I played Soul Calibur 4, and I didn't realise you could do stuff like that with the character creator. Oh, right, yeah. And I went in for a match against someone, and I, I was playing Astaroth or something, and his character was Siegfried. And all he'd done to his character was stripping down to the waist, so he was wearing his underwear, put a pop hat on him. <laughs> and just something about this completely naked man with a pop hat cracked me the fuck up, and I couldn't move. I will like, appreciate I... as well that I noticed um, that the pistachio's fighting style is Raphael, which means he fences. <laughs> Like, I just, something about that, the idea that this pistachio nut comes at you with a fencing sword. 
Yeah, and you can obviously do the thing of make your character mo- like uh, character creator just an absolute mess of you can. Um, polygons, so you can't see what they're doing. Oh, that one was amazing because to clarify, like you could put an accessory on them at any of any size or shape on a- at any angle as well, and any angle, and you'd get people that instead of customizing a character, they would make a character and then put one big square on them that was entirely like encapsulating the character yeah and half the screen would just be filled up with a giant cube and the thing is though as well it reacts to what your movement is if say if you attach it to your character's hand if your character's hand is moving um the box moves as well (laughs) so what you can do is you can completely cover your character's upper torso with just these giant nondescript boxes and then they your opponent can't see what you're doing yeah because they don't know what your move's doing because you're just completely covered by and they don't know where to hit you because they don't know where you are inside of the box and you know what folks at home it never stops being funny (laughs) it is funny every single time you do it oh Luke, it's just one more one more one more. Oh my god. <laughs> and it's someone who's recreated Isabel from Animal Crossing. <laughs> that made a super buff. A super, super buff man in like Isabel's outfit with a little skirt on and floating apples around her. Yeah. The I best don't know how is... the apples exist, but yeah, there's just apples floating around. Oh, because that's what they do. In one of the objects you can put on your character is an apple, and you can obviously you, you can attach it to your hand, or you can just make it float three feet away from your character's head. And <laughs> one of the things, I don't understand why they did this, you can put the apple at the end of a cylinder, because one of the other objects is oh. a cylinder. So, Lucas, <laughs> what would you what do you think you could do if you combine a cylinder and an apple? Uh, make a giant penis. Yeah, and you can also as well get a love heart. Oh, so you no. put you put the love heart upside down, put, put it a cylinder the, the coming out of, of it, yeah, and then put an apple at the end of a cylinder, and you've now got yourself a makeshift dong. Oh god! And you of could put that. Let you do that. And you could put that anywhere on your character, and you better believe every character I've made in that game has a huge fucking dong. And what was uh, the other one with the furry penis? And that was in the old game. That was where you could put like a, a fox tail on them. But you could just move the fox tail around to the front, so it gives him a huge big penis. Because <laughs> again, I remember playing like Soul Calibur Five with you, maybe, yeah, and, and you I just went, "Look at my characters," and every single one had just a giant furry penis. That's how you play people online. <laughs> you've like, got of go course, on. Carl's made thirty separate custom characters, all with giant furry penises. Yeah. So when people, and the best thing is as well, you can hide them underneath different parts of your outfit. So, like, uh, in that game, it's like, oh, you destroy that armour, and you destroy my armour, and obviously, every time you destroy my character's headpiece, there's a big, giant pink afro under there. Every time. (laughs) Every single time. And it never stopped being funny. I laughed every single time it happened. God, that's fantastic. It's like making Doug Dimmer down, man, when the cylinder, you just keep stacking cylinders on top of cylinders, and your character can have, like, a 40-foot tall hat. (laughs) There was nothing you could do about it. Oh god! And the best thing about it is, though, it's when you go in, and I I am playing as just like this mass of polygons with penises sticking out at every conceivable angle, and the other person's made like dark blade, and it's just like all black with red accents. <laughs> of course it is. And it's like wow, why a game is so fucking boring? Yeah. Oh man, I love, I love that. Video. 
I love video games. Like, if you give gamers the opportunity, they will be as boring as possible and min-max the shit of everything. They will, yes. Or you get people like me who just, like, fuck it, put penis on everything. Yeah. Because it's great. It is. It's like people making, like, Kylo Ren. Could you be any more blonde? Yeah, like, everyone just makes, like, a samurai and then gives them black with red. Yeah. And that's it. And then calls it, like, or they'll make, like, their waifu... And it's just anime girl with big titties. Of course, yeah. It's like, why don't you make, like, Thanos? <laughs> like, what? You could make any character you want. And, like, you could be rocking up to battle as Shrek. You could and be. It's like, no, you want to just be just generic man with sword. Right. Great. Why don't you just make a Sonic OC and be done with it? <laughs> Get those knees off. <laughs> Is, is there anything in our, like, friend group that causes us to giggle with <laughs> childlike glee more than just mentioning that the weird Sonic fan art where they inflate his knees? Yeah. And if people don't know what we're talking about, like, I, it's one of those things where I thought it was fake. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because the Sonic fandom is not exactly known for being um, child-friendly. No. Is it? No, surprisingly not. And there is always this running gag online of just like, oh, people drawing <laughs> Sonic characters with inflated knees. Mm-hmm. And I always thought it was a piss take until I found out, no, it's real. It's a real thing that people do. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> why the knees? I don't know. And every single time we play Smash Bros on stream, one of us will say, oh no, if one of us plays Sonic, it's like, oh, his knees are going to inflate. you got to look out, guys. <laughs> it causes to giggle every single and time. And I imagine it's a joke that just nobody has ever understood, but we keep making it. We keep making it anyway, and the people who know, they know. <laughs> so now you guys know. Yeah, you know that people out there draw fan art of Sonic characters with inflated knees. I really don't like it. It makes me really uncomfortable. And I, I would almost just give people a caution of don't try to Google this. <laughs> Never. No, I'll tell you what you do want to do, though. Google your name followed by the hedgehog. Yeah. <laughs> Folks, oh, if you want a fucking laugh, just Google whatever your name is and then the hedgehog. I think you we have might to... have literally done this on an earlier podcast. We do it all the time. Like we, Every couple of streams, we'll all just do the Googling our name <laughs> and the hedgehog because it's fucking great. Oh, it's fantastic. Because there is so many, like, bad Sonic OCs out there that there is one for every single name. And it's great because you you find ones where it's people that are on DeviantArt who are quite talented artists that have been doing this for a while and making cool designs, but then you also get the ones that are drawn by four-year-olds. And and the thing is, well, you can never tell. And I don't know which ones I prefer. The super elaborate ones that are drawn really well. But it's like... It's drawn really well for the benefit of this really boring-looking Sonic OC that just looks like Sonic with a different colour. Yeah. Or the really bad ones that are drawn by kids and it's just like Cold Steel the Hedgehog or some shit. <laughs> They're so fucking good. You know what? You could use that as a jumping off line. Speaking of people like, people being boring and creepy. Okay. Uh, did you happen to see uh, something I posted on Twitter a couple of day, uh, a day or so ago? Uh, I mean, potentially, but I've only been like half scrolling Twitter at the moment. Okay, well, um, to bring it back, so you know, this year recollection, uh, like a recap of this year. One of the videos that went up uh, last week was a 
video where you, Brad, and Nisha all advertise your own projects. Yes, indeed, yeah. And like any feedback on that that you've gotten so far? Because I obviously will not be privy to the information and like the analytics of your personal projects. Uh, well, you know, it boosted my channels and socials and stuff like pretty nicely, and I think I ended up so far at least getting about like 1500 new subscribers which Hell put fuck. me over the 10k mark on youtube hell it's fucking yeah nice. and, it's, and i'm gonna guess mostly positive feedback so far uh yeah i've not really gotten anything negative out of it uh well i certainly did and the weird thing is i got negative stuff and it wasn't even directed at me because uh, that video just also happens to feature like you guys as faces yes which yes. um unless you follow our channel or the channel closely enough to like listen to stuff like this. Like even then, if you listen to the podcast, you still might not know what Lucas looks like. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but like it features like all you guys like um, are just talking to the camera, so it's like a face reveal of sorts. And mm-hmm. um, something I noticed like in the aftermath of like you know checking videos out because um, over Christmas I like try to not um, uh, do stuff involved with the channel. Yeah, take you a bit didn't of a do break that. from it, yeah. You did the same thing, which led to uh, something going wrong, which I guess we could discuss in a minute. But yeah, we will, yeah. One thing I noticed, though, is just a lot of people commenting specifically on Nisha and her appearance. Yes. Which, I'm just going to give a pro tip to guys out there, don't fucking do that. And that I, was the I thing have... is, obviously there were comments on all of our appearances because it was, Mark does like a face reveal. Yeah. That was the title of the video, but... Compared to, for every one comment about me or Brad, there was about five Phoenicia. And keep in mind, Lucas has bright pink hair. I think it was blue. That's bright blue video, hair. Yeah. Uh, the time. But uh, men, because, you know, men can never help themselves, can't, aren't just satisfied leaving creepy, unwarranted messages like that on the video itself. Because I literally got a tweet directed at me that read as follows at cal smallwood so far away nisha is as beautiful as she sounds excellent but irrelevant and lucas discuss oh that that gave me goosebumps that not in a good way to clarify like that's creepy yeah and it's not just creepy to be like oh she's as beautiful as she sounds it's like excellent as if oh yeah yeah, I'm so happy that she's attractive. This is really nice. Like, as well, I get it. If you find someone attractive, don't fucking, like, tell the person. Joe, better net. Don't fucking tell their friend. Because, <laughs> like, I woke up and I was like, I was just, like, scrolling through Twitter in bed like I do all in the morning. So, mm-hmm. oh, what's the news going on? Anything like, like what other plans i got to do for today? I saw this. I, like, shook my girlfriend awake and just held the phone in front of her face. And she just went, huh. That exact yeah. noise. Just was like, oh, God, no. And that's exactly the noise that I made just in my head. I'm like, oh, oh. And oh, I guess we should no. clarify, because there's probably a guy out there, and I know it's a fucking guy, because any woman who's heard what we've just said 100% agrees with us. <laughs> but there will be guys out there who are like, well, what's the problem with that? So uh, here's what the problem is. No woman ever has appreciated an unwarranted comment on their appearance from a man. Mm. Ever. No woman, like, I don't care. And if any of the men out there who are going to argue about this, I think, but I've given women compliments before and they've liked it. No, they are smiling politely because they don't want to argue with you. Mm-hmm. 
It's that and fucking And there's a simple. very big difference between saying to somebody in person, like, oh, you look nice, and going up to somebody... Uh, you know, to be fair, even in person, this is a bit creepy, but especially messaging somebody online and going, wow, you're so beautiful, excellent. Yeah. Like, can you and... imagine going up to a girl in person and just walking up to them and saying that, like, you're really beautiful, that's excellent. It happens all the time. Every I'm woman sure I know it does, has, yeah. Every woman I know has a story exactly like this. And yeah. So we can draw the distinction here of like, because whenever something like this gets said, you'll always have a guy, and again, it's always a guy saying, what, so I can't pay a woman a compliment? That's not a compliment. No. Like, you are just commenting on their appearance. And you're making them comfortable by doing so. And you are basically boiling them down to their appearance. And it's and all you're really saying is, you are attracted to me, and I am judging you as being val- having value in my eyes because of that. Mm-hmm. And the, comparison, the example I like to use is, if you go up to a woman and say, that's a really nice top. Mm-hmm. I, I really like your hairstyle. You've got a really good look. Like, I like your look. The way you're dressed right now, that's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. So like that, that's a compliment. Going up it and is, just yeah. saying, you're really attractive is not a compliment. That's really fucking uncomfortable. And I genuinely have never met a single woman ever in my life who has ever responded positively to unwarranted comments on their appearance. And yet men still do it. To the point where men will do it by proxy, by messaging fucking me about it. I just want to know, Lucas, is that confidence or is that ignorance? Because I've been thinking about this for a while and... For uh, clarification, the guy immediately deleted the tweet after <laughs> every single woman who commented on it is like, this is fucking weird, don't do this. Yeah. Oh, God. I just... I don't know what it is, but... It's wrong. Like That's all I'll say is I don't know what is in people's heads to make them think that's okay. But it's not okay. Please stop doing this shit. And to clarify, no woman anywhere wants you to do this and will respond positively to it. And if you think they are responding positively, it's because they are in a situation where they can't tell you what they actually want to tell you, which is, please fuck off and die. (laughs) Leave me alone. I do not want this. Well, it's a similar thing to what we've gotten in the past, um, either by, like, you know, social media or streaming and whatnot. People asking us, what's the best way to chat up a girl? And, and it's like, well, don't chat them up. Just go have a conversation with them. Yeah, uh, because you know what? Women, uh, it's, it goes back to that great George R. R. Martin quote where someone legitimately asked him, so George, you write really compelling female characters in comparison to a lot of fantasy writers. Um, mm. Why is that? And George R. R. Martin just goes, well, in my experience, women tend to be people. <laughs> And that was it. And the person just didn't know how to respond. <laughs> it's like, what? Because like, they're treating women as if they're like a fucking alien race. It's like, well, they're fucking people. Write them like they're people. Yeah. And it is that thing in writing of, you, you will know what I'm referring to, but I don't remember the name, but the, the test. Uh, the, uh, um, the bestial test. That's the word. Where it's like, you've got to have uh, two named female characters having a conversation about something that isn't a man. Yes. Um, but that's just like that is the baseline test that we need in literature to test whether like something has good female characters and all it is is them having a fucking conversation and names 
And the thing about that is as well, it was um, created in jest. It was supposed to be a piss take. A lot, it's been misunderstood a lot over the years as this is what a piece of media needs to have um, to be considered like feminist or whatever. And you'll see a lot of like smarmy guys. Again, it's always guys mm-hmm. um, going like, oh, well, technically porn falls under the best, passes the bestial test. It's like, it's not supposed to be the be all and end all. It's supposed to be a thought experiment to highlight how little, uh, like how low the bar is. Exactly, yeah. And to see how many films still stumble over it. It's not like, you know, a be-all and end-all. It's just like, you're meant to just make you think about media more than not at all. But, God, I just love that one, though. Like you said, uh, it's a weird thing that we've been asked multiple times to the point of how do you talk to a woman or how do you chat with a woman? It's like, well, first, don't treat it like you're chatting them up. Yeah. Conversations are not a game to be won. Like they're <laughs> not a competition. There's no winning a conversation. So don't the fact you seem to be approaching it like... There is an end game of winning the woman's affection. Yeah. Is already a super like negative way to approach this. And it's probably not going to serve you well. No, it's not. Yeah. And I believe we always give the same answer of like the best chat line being hello. Mm-hmm. Because that's what most people would like to hear from a stranger, an introduction. Exactly. And just walk up to somebody that you're interested, male or female, and just try to have a conversation with them. Like it, it. That's that's the best piece of advice I can give. But the fact that people don't understand that, and as you say, think it's something to be worn, and it's like uh, the whole thing about with that tweet right there. We were just talking about there probably are guys out there who think that's a compliment. It's like what I'm saying that she's beautiful. What's wrong with that? And it's really difficult to explain what is wrong with it if the person is immediately hostile when they're told that it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I told them they were attractive. Surely anyone would want to hear that. I'd want to hear that. because, And the only way I can hear it, sometimes it's probably not the best way to frame it mm. because it is kind of like stereotypical, but it does get through to the type of guy who thinks that way it is. Don't say anything to a woman you would not want to hear a guy say to you in prison. <laughs> and that's probably like not a good way to frame it, but it does get through to the kind of guy who thinks that way. I mean, yeah, to be fair, if I was in prison and a man walked up to me and went, oh, you look beautiful, that's excellent but irrelevant, I'd be like, oh, no. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, that does prey on stereotypes and stuff, but fuck it, it's, it will get through to those kind of men. It does, and I um, as well want to point out, when people argue, oh, but nobody's ever reacted badly to me saying this, as you said, their immediate response is to be hostile about it, so why, when a woman is approached by somebody going like, oh, you're beautiful, why would they say anything to piss you off because all you'll do is be hostile about it? Yeah. They will probably just smile or say thank you. Something along those lines of just, okay, now please leave. Yeah, and then bitch about it to their friends later. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I've been that friend many a time. So have I, and I've heard about it. It's like I said, um, just... <laughs> The best bit is, though, just that the guy, he apologised to me. And not to Nietzsche, yeah. Yeah. That's what got me. Like, he apologised to me. He's like, no, like, I don't want an apology. I want you to be fucking better. Don't do this. This is not how you treat people. Yeah. Don't fucking do this. Don't comment on someone's appearance unwarranted. It's uh, my friend Melissa, uh, who is a cosplay model. So she's like a professional naked person, mm. is the way she describes herself has a good way of approaching this where like um, if, if she 
posts photos of herself naked all the time. Mm-hmm. And she draws a, dis- a very good distinction of this. It's like, if it's someone takes a photo, like, you look really nice in this photo. Like, this is a good photo. I like the way you've taken it. I love the way you've, like, dressed in this one or something like that. That's yeah. nice. When someone just says nice tits, that's not a fucking compliment. I know they are. That's why I'm taking pictures of them. <laughs> <laughs> but I, the fact that some men just can't seem to distinguish between those of paying someone an earnest compliment and then just... Um, boiling them down to their physical attributes, mm-hmm. and God, I oh, like I don't know how much you looked into the comments, but I was intrigued because obviously, like, I was one of the three people part of like the face reveal video. I so did. I'll yeah. go through these comments, and some of them were a lot worse than that. I'll be honest, right? Um, I filtered out them because I just like these make the channel look bad. Yeah. Um, so if people are wondering, like, there is a way to filter out um, comments on YouTube, and you have to filter them normally, but, like, you can go in manually and remove stuff. And there were a lot of ones that were really fucking creepy about Nisha. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I feel so fucking bad for her, because yeah. we don't get that. You don't get that. No. The only difference is she is a woman, so she then has to deal with creepy men commenting on her physical appearance. And not only that, there were, like, a few people commenting about how she should behave in front of the camera. Yeah. And I was like, no, this is not okay. And she even said, like, I, you know, I'm a bit awkward at doing this kind of thing. And then you should leave it at that. And nobody said anything about the way me or Brad were on camera. No, yeah. Again, it was just about Nisha. It's, it's not okay. My favourite thing is, though, um, what you'll simultaneously get people saying, wow, uh, uh, why isn't Nisha like you should put Pete Nisha in front of the camera more? And then those same guys in the same breath go, She's so beautiful. I want to see it. It's like, no wonder she don't want to fucking be on camera. Exactly. It took me so long to convince her to record that video because she didn't want to do it. For yeah. that reason, because she knows people will be fucking weird about it. Mm-hmm. It's so bad. It's so fucking bad. It's like, oh god, man, why are men like this? Yeah. Cause I'm just gonna put it out there, like any um uh, guys out there just Ask any woman in your life that you trust. And if you don't have a woman in your life who you, you can trust enough to talk to about this, that's probably goes part way to explain what the problem is here. <laughs> um, does stuff like this make you uncomfortable? And they will tell you. Yeah. I, I, as I said, it is 100% of the women I've ever interacted with have expressed the exact same sentiment as this. Mm-hmm. And it's just great. <laughs> so you almost have to admire the confidence, though, someone be willing to be that wrong, that and that creepy, that publicly. Like they didn't even say it privately because they left it as a comment on a video. That's one thing, but they tweeted it directly at me as if it's something I want to hear. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's really, really weird about that one. Is okay. There's weird comments on the video, but at least direct... that's something on a video that isn't publicly being shared. Or but it to is. Say... Be... It's not public having attention brought to it. But to sit there and go, I know what I need to do right now. And it is I need to tweet at this complete fucking stranger I have never interacted with ever to Mm. tell him that one of his friends is attractive and that that makes me happy. And then thinks in their head, hits send tweet and goes, that was a good thing I just did. (laughs) I feel better now. Oh, man. It's like, haven't you dealt with this before as well, like with Jenna and stuff in videos? Yeah. Like she'll appear in a video and then, or 
uh, on one of your streams and then people will think it is a compliment to just start commenting on her appearance. It's like, no, that's not how you talk to strangers. Yeah, I had a guy comment once in stream and I banned him because he was like, oh man, Jenna is so fucking hot, like, you're a lucky guy. And I was like, right, ban. Like, fuck <laughs> off. And then he made a secondary account to come back and be like, oh, I didn't really mean that in that way. I don't understand what the problem was. It's like, oh, you fuck, you came back to argue about that and it's defend like... your actions. It's like, fuck <laughs> off. I'm not sure if you were hear me, but I am like, for the past five minutes, I've just been silently chuckling to myself. Just thinks, I've, I talk about this a lot, but one of the things I like to do in situations like this, I imagine the guy and I imagine like all the situ- like the situation that led up to them doing what they're doing, and I'd, again I'm just imagining a guy sat at his computer. He's sat there. He's like, "Oh, what am I going to do tonight?" Oh, it's like um, that guy I follow on YouTube. He's streaming. Let's go on. Boom, done. Oh, there we go. Oh, that must be his girlfriend. Wow. Wow, she's really attractive. You know what? I think he'll appreciate me telling him that. Like types out like that. Types it out. Immediately sees your reaction when you glance at chat. Sees your entire face drop. Your demeanor yeah. immediately shift to one of like um, anger. Yeah. Sees you angrily chastise them and rebuke this comment and tell them this is not acceptable. I do not appreciate uh, you talking about someone I care about in this way. Please do not interact with me again. Sees that and goes, well, clearly he just doesn't know what I meant and makes a new account. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing I- is, I stopped what I was doing, looked at camera and explained what was fucking wrong. Like, direct to camera. And they still thought, nah, but let's make a new account and defend my actions. It's like, oh my god. It's so good. And, and um, to clarify, like, Jenna at the time didn't see the comment. I, I removed it before she did. But then afterwards I spoke to her and was like, oh, what happened? And I was like, oh, I explained the comment. She was like, yeah, that makes me really fucking uncomfortable. Yeah, it's... and it's like yeah there we go but then you'll have people in the same breath going why don't she appear in videos or streams more mm-hmm. it's like ask any woman who is an, um, on the internet about the shit they deal with on a day to day basis like yeah. I don't begrudge any woman for not wanting to expose themselves to that no and I'm pretty sure uh, almost or every stream that Jenna's been part of I've had to ban a person for making an inappropriate comment and it's like, yeah, okay. So that was really encouraging people, like women in general, to go and do more things on camera, isn't it? And That's then people are like, man, oh, why doesn't Nisha appear on camera more? It's like, it's like because every time, she, every single time she has ever appeared on camera, people have made it creepy and fucking weird. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say, I'm going to go grab myself like quick kind of pop. And then we can yeah, like, cool, yeah. oh. Because I've been like nervously shuffling backwards and forwards with my <laughs> So I'll be back in a minute. Whew. So I apologise for that. I just went to get myself um, uh, a drink and I had that decision where I was looking into my fridge and went, I've got beer, I've got cans of pop, I should probably have a glass of water. <laughs> so I think we said we were going to make this a drinking one, but I, after Christmas Day, I got so fucking hammered. I'm like, I need to detox for like five years now. <laughs> I might not fair, be... like I had a drink in my coffee, but... More because it was gingerbread than the fact it was rum. Because I um, I got General a coffee machine like one with like a proper milk frother and everything on it. And oh, I want one of them so bad. One and um, yeah, I was like, you know what? I'll make a mocha, 
Um, so I made myself a mocha before we started, and then I was like, let's make it Christmassy and put a little splash of gingerbread rum in it as well. That's awesome. So at that point, it's not really coffee. It was just a drink with some caffeine in it. But there we go. It felt Christmassy as fuck. Oh, that's so good. But yeah, to, to conclude, um, creepy men don't be creepy. Please don't. Please don't. It's, it's, it's weird, though, how quickly people will come to the defense of that. It is, yeah. It's like, uh, I think it's like an extra fabulous comic about it where it's... Um, the difference between, like, uh, this is what a compliment is, and it's like a woman talking to a woman. It's like, oh, I love your haircut. She's like, yeah, great, uh, thanks. And they have, like, a discussion. And then the next one is a man below going, nice tits. The woman says, fuck off. It's like, learn to take a compliment. Yeah. It's like, and then it's just a man looking at it going, I see no difference between these two images. It's like, god damn it. It's really weird, that... Um whole line of you need to learn to take a compliment of I overstep my boundaries but let's turn it back on you and say so that maybe... you can't take a compliment it's a fuck off it's like you need to learn to give a better compliment or like um, or you need to have a better attitude it's a fuck off but speaking of bad attitudes and weird creepy men there's something that I made uh, a note of to talk about on the podcast. Oh, okay. We've actually yeah. got a scheduled thing to talk about. We do, yes. Because I made... I was um, just... You know, I'll set the scene. Uh, okay. It's been mentioned on the podcast once or twice that one of the things I like to do is I am a member of many forums uh, that I will just search out for to get hot takes. Oh, I feel okay. like... And this is where, like, you know, all the Nintendo stuff comes from with, like, all the free melee bollocks and all that. Oh, yeah. Because I just like to get uh, a general consensus of, like, feelings on the internet. And the best way to do that is to go onto forums and get the most extreme opinions. Yeah. Because, like, I don't mean, like, the ones that are, like, horribly racist and bigoted, but I just mean the people who their entire personality is insert thing being talked about, and therefore they will defend it to the hilt and talk yeah. about it like it's life and death. And I imagine you're not going as far as, like, 4chan or some shit like that. No, so I mean stuff like with Cyberpunk. I'll go on to, like, Cyberpunk or low-sodium Cyberpunk to find, like, okay, what is, like, the most extreme version of this conversation happening? Because Mm -hmm. that tends to make for more interesting conversations. Yeah. Like, uh, when we talked about, like, uh, what's the last thing, like, Free Melee on the podcast we've done a few times. Mm -hmm. Like, I've got a member of a few forums where it's, like, looking at just the people with my entire life is video games. And we talked about our, on one of the streams that we did of there were people in these forums genuinely theorizing that the reason Nintendo dropped the Sephiroth trailer was to distract people from the free melee movement. <laughs> yeah. And it's like that level of self-delusion is so fucking funny to me. Nintendo saw free melee happen, contacted Jeff Keighley and went, look, I really need a slot in the video game awards. Uh, we've just had to bumble together this trailer for Sephiroth for, for Sephiroth to just like calm down these three hundred people that are mad about it on the internet. Yeah, that's what I mean when I try to seek out the most extreme because the stuff like that is very funny to me and it makes for interesting conversations. One of the ones um, I noticed in like Joanna, the haze that exists in the days after Christmas. Mm. Like, it's weird, isn't it? Like um, it's something I notice more as I've gotten older. But have you seen like have you noticed that? After Christmas, from like the 26th to the 31st, you just never know what day it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. The days all blend together. So in that like post-Christmas haze where it's just like, I don't really know what to do with myself. I'm just like sat playing video games. 
Yeah. And like trying my hardest not to look at work emails. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found um, is a topic on a forum. It's here. What's worse for a guy? Being bald or being short? Um, I mean, okay, but my initial answer, my genuine answer, is uh, neither as long as you're confident about it. Yeah, mine would be, I would rather um, keep my hair than get, uh, I would rather keep my hair and get shorter than I would um, be bald and stay as tall as I am, but that's like personal preference. But uh, the important thing to note about this, Lucas, is it was posted on Christmas Eve. Hmm. This is what caught my eye. Because it's one of the things like when I'm lying in bed on the morning with my girlfriend, I was like, just scroll <laughs> for my phone, look for some bad takes. Maybe take a note of a few yeah. for the podcast. And I looked and went, oh, this is going to be good. Because it was posted <laughs> on Christmas Eve and it's like 12 pages long. And this oh is on Reset Era God. if people want to go in. so And all it is, is just guys bitching about the fact being short is the worst thing in the world. <laughs> And for clarification, yeah, this went... I was reading through it after Christmas Day. There were people who were on this forum arguing all Christmas Day. <laughs> and I'm just going to, like, just get a um, a couple of just, like, choice quotes. Okay, to, okay. And I so, want to just premise that, Cole, how tall are you? Well, I'm six foot three. And I'm five foot seven. So there we and, go. And I will say as well, Luke is one of the most confident people that I know. Mm-hmm. And you could probably confirm I'm not a very confident person. Yeah, yeah. So it's one of those things of like, yeah, it's um, I am in your boat of as long as you're confident, you can be bald, you can be short. Yeah. It all comes down to attitude. And you anyone don't. who says any different, I invite you. Uh, I'm not going to believe a word you say because I know a guy who is five foot seven, Lucas, has a bright blue hair and a ginger beard, and he's the most confident person I fucking know. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's short. You could do everything, but if the gene says you're short, you're fucked for life. Okay. Being short, people look down on short men. Short, no contest. Wow. It's just if you're short, you're basically fucked as far as dating goes. No woman wants to date someone who's short. And then it's like, just imagine that over and over and over yeah. again. And like my girlfriend, because I was like, I was talking to her about this because it's funny. Like it's one of those things where it's like, it's amusing to just like, you know, just muse about like men being this defensive. And it's like, she summed it up quite succinctly of, um, I've got no problem with a guy being short, but um, when they get immediately defensive about their height, I am, I have got a problem with that. Yeah, it's like, you don't have a problem with them being short. You have a problem with them having a problem that they're short. Like... Yeah, and she talked to me about like guys she'd met on Tinder and stuff who they immediately brought up in conversation. Like, well, I'm only this tall. Um, I hope that's not a problem. Some people don't want to date me because of my height. And she just swerved them because yeah. she knows that they're going to, if they're that willing to bring it up unannounced straight away, they're going to keep bringing it up. They've clearly got fucking issues about it, yeah. They've got a complex about it, which feeds into like a persecution complex about it. It's like, that doesn't make for an interesting first conversation. No, it really doesn't. But, I just thought this would be fun to talk about because the idea that some people are so mad about this. And so, I I said it's 12 pages long, people are arguing all Christmas Day with people saying, I don't see why everyone's being so negative about this. It's like, no, you don't know what it's like to be short. 
you don't know what it's like for girls to swipe right at you on Tinder or whatever. Yeah. The fuck it is, because you're short. Some girls won't even look at a guy unless he's over six foot. So I was like, so why are you trying to get the approval of these girls? Yeah, they sound like dickheads. You don't want yeah. anything to do with them. And it says as well, it seems as well like you want nothing to do with them, but you're still mad about it. So you're <laughs> mad that, So you're mad about the fact girls who don't want to date you won't date you even though you say you wouldn't want to date someone who judges you for your height. So why do you care? Yeah. It's like a Tinder interaction is the most superficial, like non-committal interaction you will likely ever have with a member of the opposite sex or same sex. Yeah. If you're in that boat. It really Why? Is. But the fact that you are making it such a huge part of your personality and so desperately insisting it's not a big deal while making it out to be the biggest deal ever, maybe mm-hmm. that's why. Yeah. And I will uh, clarify that, you know, I wasn't very confident about the fact I was short when I was younger because I spent a lot of my life being told it's a bad thing to be a short man. But the moment I stopped giving a fuck, I didn't have uh, any person making like comments about, oh man, you're short, aren't you? I didn't have any girl that I dated turn around and bring up the fact that I'm short, including girls that were taller than me. The moment I started being confident about the fact that I'm short and just owning it, because fuck it, I can't change anything. Mm-hmm. The moment anyone stopped caring. It's almost like confidence is the number one thing that attracts someone to you. And mm. if you're not confident about your height and you're actually insecure about it, that bleeds through um, in your day-to-day interactions with people. And that's what turns them off. Yeah. And I'm not going to say there aren't people out there who are superficial and will like turn a guy down because of their height. Because that happens. But at the same time, and um, there are plenty of guys out there who do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And I know um, um, a few tall girls that honestly wouldn't mind dating someone shorter but because people have it in their head that the men have to be taller the men don't look at her yeah the men don't even give them a chance because it's like, then, well, i'm six foot one and i can't find any fucking guys to date me because they all think i should be shorter and then you also as well have guys who are like i don't let my girlfriend wear high heels because then she'll be taller than me and it's like oh, that's yes. oh god which that's is a thing that happened yeah it is and those guys would have it in their head that, oh, it's their fault for making it. It's like, no, it's your fault. This is your problem. It's 100% your problem. Because you're what's making... going to happen? You're dating a girl and she's happy to be dating you. She's fully aware of what your height is. But then what? She puts on her six-inch heels and she just doesn't give a shit about you anymore. Like, that's not how it works. No, but the fact that you're, the fact that you're so insecure about this means that you are not fully confident in that relationship. And that's going to be something that's going to affect you, which is so funny to me. Yeah, and the best thing is as well, and there are like a number of statistics out there, like um, uh, tall people earn more money. So like all uh, like eighty percent of CEOs are over six foot tall, and it says a lot that you have so many people in this thread immediately dropping those links as if they've got them bookmarked for when these conversations happen. It's like, <laughs> fucking hell, that's how much of a part of their personality it is. They've that got they... this shit bookmarked and ready to fire for when they have to have an argument about so, so how they can... bad it is for them being small. Like, so they can say there are like scientific reasons why it's bad to be sure. It's like, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like so many fucking people. Oh, God. There's so many Vegetas of the world. There are. The thing is, though, Vegetas don't care about being short. No, he doesn't. He cares about being strong. Yeah. 
But he's just like Vegeta, the typical small, angry, angry man. But he's not angry because he's short. He's angry because he's a Yeah, exactly. He doesn't give a shit about his height. He gives a shit about his power level. Yeah, that's the only thing he cares about. The thing that cracks me up so much about um, stuff like this is just the level of, just like he says, small dick energy. Mm -hmm. Like literally and metaphorically of just... So I am not. I I will not let my girlfriend wear high heels. Yeah. Oh God, it's great. And and I'm then, sure you have encounter people as well that get um real. Well, men, sorry, that get yeah. Really it's not people. Angry it's men. about like um shoe sizes. Yes. And compete not only in height but in shoe sizes as well. I've had this one yet where um, I wear size ten and a half shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my size. And I've had, like, when I go talking about it casually, it's, oh, what size shoes are I, I wear 11s, but that's because I can't find 10 and a half. It's like, so you're, oh, you're wearing so you've got big feet. It's like, no, I want my shoes to be comfortable. I don't care how big my feet are. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a fucking weird asshole who's self-conscious about having small or large feet. I just want my shoes to fucking fit. Yeah. It's like I say, oh, I can wear size 10s, but they're too small for my feet, but 11s are too big. Because, mm. oh, you're just trying to show off. Like, it's like, no. Because when's the last time you had anyone look and go, wow, you've got big feet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when does that ever happen? But so many men care so much about it. They really do. Oh, God. <laughs> it's all just the same shit, isn't it? But it's just men being so fucking self-conscious about nothing at all. But it's really funny, though, because I've met so many women in my life who don't care yeah. about this. But what they do care is when the guy really bring it brings it up at every turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can imagine just being in a room with that couple, and the guy brings up his fucking shoe size again, and the girl just like sinks into her seat like, oh no, just rolls their eyes. Oh, it's like, again, really? Are we? Am I gonna have to listen to this conversation again? And you know what? That's time where she can contemplate her relationship. <laughs> So that's the thing. Have you like met someone who's like this? Yeah. Okay. Not, so go on. I'm not like friends. Don't name like. As we don't name a name, but like go on. Describe an interaction because I've had a couple of. I think I've talked uh, previously, so I'll I'll riff for a bit while you like you know just collate the thoughts on the interactions. Of um, for many years, I was um, unaware of my actual true height because so many men insist that they're six foot tall. Yeah. Yeah. So so many six foot tall guys who are actually like five ten. Five nine in some cases, mm. coming up to me and saying, "Wow, you must be six and a half feet tall." And I think, "Well, I must be," because I'm getting all these guys who I'm clearly like six inches taller than telling me I'm this height. And it was only when I went to the doctors and got properly measured because I was like, "Just you no, know, I was there." And I'm like, "Can I use your machine?" Because I just want to know definitively how tall I am. And I found mm-hmm. out, yeah, I'm six foot two and three quarters. And you know what? If those men who were five ten can add two inches, I'm adding that quarter. <laughs> That's my and I've as well. I've mentioned that. Like, well, you're not six foot three, are you? It's like we well, are not six foot, and you add two inches. I'm adding a quarter. Fuck you. <laughs> it's like realistically, when I'm wearing shoes, I am. Yeah. But I love that. Of that, that's the thing of when I say, "Oh, actually, I'm six two and three quarters." It's like, well, you're not, are you? You're not. You're six foot two. It's like, well, if you're gonna do this, really, if you want to quantify this, what I'm doing is less of a lie than what you're doing. And Carl, do you remember that time where you met a girl? And you said, oh, I'm six foot three. 
and she pulled her tape measure out and went, no, you're six foot two, three quarters, I'm leaving. No, I don't remember that. Now. But it's, <laughs> it's just a lot easier than saying six, two and a bit, because yeah. whatever. And as well, it really does make those kind of guys pissed off, and that gives me life. <laughs> it gives me life that when I say that, those kind of guys get really mad. Mm-hmm. Those guys get really mad about what? Like, less than a centimetre? Yeah, one quarter of an inch while they're yeah. sat there adding three or four inches to their height on Tinder. <laughs> but uh, go on there. What, what's the interactions you've had? Because I've had that so many times. It's to the point where I've had men in pubs, I think I've talked about this before, physically argue with me about my own height. Yeah, yeah. So I now respond that I don't know how tall I am when I'm asked by a stranger in a pub because it's mm. always going to cause an argument. Because when I say like 6'2 and a bit or 6'3, they go, no, you're not. Because I'm six foot and you're way taller than me. I've made the mistake before of saying, well, you must be shorter then. Yeah. Because then they get aggressive. Like, no, I'm not. <laughs> <sighs> uh, well, I've had many of these kind of conversations. Okay. Uh, but one that I do remember quite, I was about to say fondly, just um, it sticks out in my brain. Yeah, it's, not it's not fondly remembered, but it's remembered. It is remembered for sure. And it was that I like, I have a pair of Doc Martens, and they were like, they're relatively fresh looking. They're quite looked after. Mm-hmm. And I just like walked in and just took off a pair of these nice Docs, and someone looked at them and was like, "Oh, you got like some nice shoes there." I was like, "Oh, thanks." He's like, "Oh, they're really small, though, aren't they?" And I was like. Oh okay, well, what size are you? I was like, well, I'm I'm size eight. He's like, really? Well, that's ridiculous. I'm size thirteen. And I was just like, I I all I wanted to do is walk into the room and take my <laughs> shoes off. Like, I've not even been able. You Hello. know as well that guy stood there so we could scope out shoes. Yeah, like I didn't know who this guy was, and he just <laughs> out of nowhere just went. You've got small boots, haven't you? I'm size 13. It's a like, hi, my name's Lucas. <laughs> Not even a hello, how do you do? It's like, no, fuck you. It's like, okay, hi. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into the house to see my friends now. Like, that's incredible. aggravated shoe assault. <laughs> just, that's so good. It's just oh. like a random like, house party or something. I'd, literally, the that moment sticks out to me more than the actual event does. Because I can't remember where it properly was. But you just remember the guy being immediately hostile over the size of your shoes. It's like, who really gives a fuck, mate? And I imagine the rest of the night went probably along the lines of, I went and saw my mates, had drinks and had fun, and he stood by the door talking about (laughs) shoe size all night. It's so good. (laughs) Oh, it's like, I'm still going through the response on here, and like... um, one that stuck out to me is uh, a guy responding like, some of the stuff here is like, it's kind of bordering on incel. And people don't know incels are involuntary celibate, and it's men who blame women for all the woes in their life and just mm. endlessly bitch about the fact women don't like them and blame <laughs> any number of factors on this, usually height and their looks, when realistically it's because they've got a horrible toxic personality. Yeah. And women as people um, are able to see this and don't want to date them. I still and really can't got... get past the fact you keep calling women people, Carl. It's just ridiculous. And then you've got people argue, and that's what I think caught my eye. It was the arguments in response to that comment that raged throughout Christmas Day of, 
I'm not an incel. I just am aware that women aren't going to date me because of my height. It's like, that's exactly what an incel would say, you <laughs> fucking loser. Maybe it's not because you're short. Maybe it's because you're a fucking knobhead. Oh. And this is what you're doing on your Christmas day. Yeah. It's like, how is that conversation going to go down? Like, after Christmas, whatever, you get a date. So, what do you do for Christmas? Like, that's going to be a, a, a talking point for a lot of people, isn't it? Oh, I spent all day on a forum bitching, uh, telling people why it sucks to be short <laughs> and arguing about it. Like, really? That's how you spent your day? O- okay, cool. I'm going to go now. And then yeah. that guy's going to go, look, see, she didn't date me because I'm short. It's like, no. <laughs> that's more ammunition for them, Carl. It is. It's just going to feed into it. I love it. I love it so much. And I spend, like, uh, so much of, like, the time I spent, like, searching for hot takes. This is the kind of shit I'm after. Yeah. Because stuff like this is just incredible to me. I want to in- embark on a 10-year study of this. Because I ever tell you about one of the book ideas that I've had for many, many years. And I've been, I've periodically, like, worked on it when I have, like, bursts of inspiration. Uh, you probably mentioned it to me in the past, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. Okay, so uh, one of the ideas I've had, and it's about five, six years in the making now, and I occasionally do research on it. Yeah. And this is one of the things, like, and stuff like this gets put into that file. Mm-hmm. And it's a file, it's like several hundred links long now, and there's like a couple of pages written and some research done. But the idea was, uh, it's going to be a collation of internet arguments. And my goal or my um, idea for this book was to try and find the most inconsequential thing that men online have argued about. (laughs) And it was going to be stuff like arguing about their heights. It's going to be arguing about like Star Wars stuff. I found Star Wars forums where people were arguing about the design of lightsabers and stuff like that. (laughs) Or the colour correction on movie suits. Like shit like that. Yeah, And one that has always stuck out to me is there is a thing in mathematics, uh, you probably know, like 0.9999 recurring. And there's a mathematical argument, and I think it's like a thought spin. At what point does that become equal to 1? Yeah, and the whole idea that, well, 0.3 recurring equals 1 third times that by 3, that equals 1. Yeah, and uh, this is was going to be, or it is going to be, because I do plan to write this eventually. It's going to be like the the final chapter because this was the literal most inconsequential thing I could find people arguing about because it is so inconsequential that it does not matter. It is the literal most minuscule measurement that exists. And you know what's really funny is that I actually had an entire um, maths lesson back in high school sidetracked by this conversation. Oh, okay. And we had a half an hour discussion with our teacher. That, that Unplanned, the teacher just went off the rails and started talking about this. And we, we spent half an hour having a discussion of like, well, no, one third isn't one third. It's the closest approximation to one third that exists. Yeah. But it's not the same as a third of one. And then it's like, so timesing it by three doesn't make one. It makes the closest thing possible to one. But as you say, like now that I'm a bit older, it's like, goddamn, that is yeah. the most inconsequential thing to literally ever exist. Yeah, and I have found, like, uh, they're probably some of them don't exist anymore because like, they're from old forums. Like I said, it's a thing I do a lot because it interests me and I like to collate these things down. Mm-hmm. And I found like several dozen page threads uh, about this, and my favourite one was on bodybuilding.com. Oh, no. 
And it's like bodybuilding.com. And it's like, I think it was nearing like 50 or 60 pages when I found it. Of Holy shit. People who are on fucking bodybuilding arguing about this. And it devolves into people threatening to beat each other up. <laughs> and that's what the idea for the book is. It's finding, like, picking out choice quotes yeah. from people of, like, how aggressive they got. And, like, what are they, like... Uh, and it's, the idea was to, like, um, explain the topic. So I explain, like, you know, this basic mathematical um, uh, principle of 0.99 recurring equaling 1. Mm-hmm. And then explain the arguments around it and then breaking down some of the arguments where they were found and how extreme they got over time. Right, yeah. And it's just, some of them were fucking incredible. And I, I don't want to delve into the, the research I've got right now because it is like buried in my um, uh, Google Drive. Because of I've course, not worked yeah. on this thing in months. But fucking hell, do I have some fun when I go through that every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking that this height one might have to be on there as well. Yeah. Uh, because the amount of times I've seen, like, I personally experienced people giving me shit over a literal quarter inch. <laughs> and that was the idea of, like, what's the most inconsequential thing people will argue about? It's like a quarter inch, 0.9 yeah. recurring. Like, the, the colour correction on um, a lightsaber in the Star Wars re-release. Shit like that. <laughs> and it's fantastic, and it cracks me up every time. Yeah. And one day, I will work on that. One day. It's on my list of things to do. That list grows ever larger, which I guess we can use as the jumping off point for the final part of like, what are your plans for next year? Um, well, just kind of, I mean, A, the overall plan is survive. to, you know, survive. 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 Keep doing what I'm doing um, and just kind of keep pushing in the direction I'm pushing. But mm-hmm. I have got like some different ideas well, not different ideas, but changes that I want to make to the channel as a large. Like, my channel... Uh, on not YouTube, Fat Fiend. Not Fat Fiend. Nothing to do with Fat Fiend. That'd be a great way to announce it, though. Just my say own, live. My own channel, like, so, Fat Fiend, Wiki Weekends, which I work on, the podcast. So, nothing to do with that. It's like, Carl, some changes are happening next year. What? And I'm just announcing to Carl that this is happening. So That's like, amazing. What? Power move. Power move, indeed. But, yeah, like, I um, obviously have not really discussed this with you. No, not at all. Um, but the plan for me personally is to like still have one playthrough with you, mm-hmm. where we play the same game every week, and you know keep going until we finish the game. But the no. instead of doing two playthroughs, what I want to do is instead of doing like that second game every week, I want to do a like just play an hour of a new game, like, a game that's like on Game Pass, for example. Okay. And just, like, dive into a game for an hour and give off, like, initial thoughts and then make that, like, a single edited video. Okay. And that will be kind of my way of having, still having a long-running playthrough that you can follow, but also having a bit more of, like, something that's tightly edited and shorten, like, down an hour to a half an hour of just, here's what we thought and here's, like, the funny moments and stuff. All right, that sounds interesting to me. I'm I'm down for that. So I I figured again I'm announcing this to Carl right now, but yeah, just something a bit different, and that means that for anybody who wants to jump into the channel for like a single video, you have that opportunity. That is I fair. Yeah. Right now, all of my content is like longer form content where you have to invest a lot of time to watch stuff. I've realised that we're like twenty thirty episodes into almost every playthrough on each of our channels. Yeah, so that was kind of. 
my thought is, I know there's a lot of people who like sticking with those playthroughs. I don't want to get rid of them completely, but I also want to give people the opportunity to jump into my channel for 20 minutes and bail out. Yeah, that's a good way as well, because then it gives you like a, a highlight reel. Yeah, it does, yeah. So, this is like, you know, the best bits condensed. That's a good idea, I like that. And then just, I'm guessing, just like continue as normal with the regular fact beat stuff. Or is this where you announce your retirement? So I'm officially Yeah, I'm, I'm out now. No, of course, yeah. <laughs> um, the plan is to do exactly what I'm doing with Fat Feed of the podcast and just hopefully get back to, the, you know, working with you in person at some point as well. At some point, yeah. We're never going to know, are we? We're not. And I, I would very much like to, when we get back, have a couple of fucking drinking videos in the office or wherever we decide to record. We will do that, yes. But apparently because goddamn, I've missed that shit. Because Lucas, you're back in tier four, mate. Not sure if you knew. While we've been recording this podcast, it was announced that tier four is now in Liverpool. So you're not allowed to leave your house. Well, I haven't been leaving my house anyway. Yeah, but you're so... not allowed to leave your house anymore. So good luck with that. Oh, <laughs> fucking man. what a way to wait! Like while we've been recording, like the tier, like I got gone... locked back down while in the middle of this podcast right? yeah in the space of like what an hour and a half recording session we have been thrust further into lockdown yay yay and the i have no is, Carl, i really like looking back at was it like march when the initial lockdown happened and everyone and was so hopeful the government basically turned around and went well we can't fully lock down the country for two three weeks because that would hurt the economy too much and now we're here, like, nine months later in a fucking Tier 4 lockdown. It's like, good job, guys. Let's go to fucking China where they've got concerts again. Hell fucking yeah. But, whew, that is rough. That's that's rough for a lot of us. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And it's, I guess if you want to know what white people's more um, definitive plans are, there is a video on the channel that discusses that where every edit had the opportunity to tell people about their projects next year. And the reason I'm not telling anyone about mine is because I don't know what they are. Yeah, fair enough. I, I mentioned like, I had a book idea there. I've got like three or four of those. I've still got my one that I researched. And he's fully written, um, uh, Ask Kicking Athletes of Antiquity, which is about um, yeah. just interesting stories of like historical um, badassery from history that I have worked on for a couple of years now. That is fully locked and ready to go. At any point, it's like I think 150, 200 pages long. Oh, nice. It's all yeah. written, all researched, all ready. I just don't know what to do with it, and I'll need like a couple of like weeks, if not a few months, to just go through and edit and make sure and add a few extra bits that I've researched over the years to it. Yeah, yeah. So I've got all stuff like that, but uh, my plan is just continue with the channel until it stops being profitable, and mm. then sell the fuck out. <laughs> Get as much money out of it as I can and then cash out and give everybody just, here you go. Here's a nice payday. Some yeah. seed money for whatever your projects are and then go and do my own thing. But unfortunately, I'm unable to do my own thing. So I've well, already, I mean, I've you say that, but Fat Fiend is your own thing. It is, yes, but it also prevents me from doing the other, other own things that I have. And that's kind of always the, the issue with trying to focus on creative things is... Generally speaking, creative people always want more creative outlets. They do, yes. And as much as I enjoy doing Fact Fiend, it does feel somewhat limited because I'm keenly aware there's not much I can do to change it without upsetting the audience that we've built. Because fair. It's, a, it's a formula at this point. Like, obviously not saying it's phoned in, 
but if you change the style of the videos, there are some people that might stop watching, etc., etc. Exactly, and I'm happy to just like keep making those videos, but it is frustrating. But it's like I've got ideas that I really want to work on, mm-hmm. and that I think would be good because everyone always says that whenever, whenever, as long as an idea exists in your head, it can always be perfect. That is another problem, yeah. So I know that it's probably not go. These ideas probably wouldn't pan out as well as it might, but it'd be nice to try. Yeah, and I've got like a few different types of videos that I want to do, but it's finding a the time and b the inspiration. Hmm. Um, and it just it's just one of those things that I've always got four or five ideas in the back of the head of like, well, I could do this and I could do that, but then when I'm working like a 40, 50 hour week already and going, okay, I should probably relax rather than do this thing, and it just kind of repeats itself. Yeah, that's one of the. Um... Like the most frustrating parts is that of being a creator at least is that at any one time you will have five or six ideas and yes. half of them will go nowhere one of them will get half done and then cease to be what you imagine it to be one mm-hmm. of them might work out and the other one will continue to exist in a completely different form to what it was initially imagined yeah and, and it like, is it's very strange feeling but i will say like a piece of advice for anyone looking to start in a creative manner is don't let the fact that it isn't perfect stop you. Yeah. Like the amount of times that I keep telling myself in the, or I have done in the past, you know, like, Oh, well this could be improved. That could be improved. Just put something out there and work on like it in the future. As I said, I've got many ideas that will never be um, uh, realized. And one of the mm. things I think surprises a few people is when they ask about um, the, the research process and the process behind Fact Fiend, like how many ideas or how many things just get left or scrapped. Yeah. Like how many um, of the articles that I've written were just scrapped immediately because um, there wasn't enough time or the mm. time it would take to like salvage the idea. Yeah, would not yeah. be worth like in the amount of time it takes me to salvage this one idea. I could research and write two, three more, so the idea just gets scrapped. And then as it, well, the amount of articles that are written as articles and put on the site that then don't become videos as well. Yeah, because I need to rewrite them hmm. because they need to be rewritten to fit the current style that the uh, the channel has. But it's actually in my for me, it'd be more effort to rewrite this entire thing than it is to just research a new idea. Yeah, because I imagine you'd also have to refresh yourself on the research you did in order to rewrite the old article. And then as well, I would... It's that like, thing of when, you get, when you're editing an essay mm. and you're editing it and you want to try and keep the same format and you know, like, you'll have a paragraph and then you'll put a new sentence in the middle of the paragraph but then you'll put like some spaces to separate everything out and then mm. by the time you're done, you've already written a new paragraph. <laughs> and it's like, well, I might as well have just written the paragraph again. Yeah. I'm like that, but imagine that, but it's like a seven, eight hundred word article, mm-hmm. and it's the entire thing, and it takes me all day, and in that time, I could have just written research one from scratch. Yeah. Oh, but... That's one thing that I'm looking forward to next year, though, just seeing um, uh, how far I can take Fact Fiend, because at the moment, I'm just <laughs> co- uh, we are coasting, because we've got a format, Yeah. and it's very simple. We've got like a filming schedule. Everything we've done is so streamlined to the point we're literally phoning it in from my bedroom. <laughs> and I'm curious to see how far I can take that before we have to go undergo any significant changes or alterations to the format or the way we film. 
Well, it's simple, but it's effective. And I don't know if simple but effective is going to be worthless anytime soon. Where can I hope? Because <laughs> as much as I talk about how I'd like to go and like research these new ideas and do these new things, like it's nice to think that, but it's also nice to have financial stability. Exactly, yeah. So you know what? I'd rather... It's like I'd rather have these uh, niggling things in the back of my head of like, oh, it'd be nice if I could just like sit down for a couple of like weeks and just write these like things that I want to write. But at the same mm-hmm. time, it's also nice to think I can just sit down on my ass and play video games <laughs> and relax. And that's the the thing is that there's a lot of people that hear stuff like this, hear conversations like this, and go, "Oh no, like is Fat Fiend dead?" And it's like, no, we're just talking about general things and possibilities in the future but yeah the idea that people go oh no Carl said he's got like other ideas like does that mean he, he wants Fat Fiend to go away? Well no but it's like it's like you said with your channel you've got plenty of ideas what you want to do but making game the gameplay you do now which is the thing obviously that is um, helped you get the success that you have mm-hmm. and you've kind of got to support that and that takes up the lion's share of your time. Exactly yeah and it's not healthy for you to not take time off for yourself. As much as you'd like to spend it on other projects and as much as you'd enjoy it on those other projects, it's not healthy. No, no. no. no so, yeah. You've always got to find that work-life balance. Always find that work-life balance, folks. So that's the advice for next year. Just keep watching the channel and eventually you'll see it die. It's going to be I'm, glorious. I'm just like really concerned about the fact that uh, you know I've managed to find work-life balance, but we haven't needed social life this year. So, like, that's got to get thrown back into the mix when I can leave my house again. Yeah, that's going to be weird, isn't it? Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. Joe. You know what? I'm just looking forward to seeing how it goes. That's my only plan for 2020. Just, or 2021, at least. Just ride the waves, Carl. The ride waves of lockdown. Good luck, everybody. Good luck. Happy New Year. Stay safe. Oh, God, yeah, this is meant to be New Year podcast. <laughs> yeah. oh, God, I realised we never talked about anything about next year or this year. We just talked about cyberpunk again. <laughs> Fuck's sake, we're so bad at this. We are.